12, Episode 2. Please proceed with caution. This podcast contains explicit material. Welcome to 12 with Sarah Sloan, a podcast series exploring the 12 different ways a woman is apparently able to orgasm. I want to empower women and those who adore them by exploring the female erotic. I'm on a quest to learn more about my sexual desires and improve my relationship with myself, my body, and my partner of 10 years, referred to here as H. This approach has really tapped into his sense of adventure and we're having a lot of fun figuring this stuff out. He's certainly on his own journey, but I'm focusing on the female perspective here. This episode is dedicated to you, lovely listener, and the G-spot. I began with the G-spot because I don't find it as intimidating as some of the other suggested orgasms listed in the Twelve. Described by some as the source of the erotic soul, it sounded like a magical place to start. Good decision. Let me begin, oh my best beloved, by sharing where exactly you can find the G-spot. The G-spot is an area about 5 to 8 centimetres inside the vagina. It's on the front wall, the anterior wall, so towards your pubic hair, not your back. Rather than existing as a discrete anatomical structure, the G-spot is now widely considered to be more of a zone through which the internal, hidden parts of the clitoral network can be massaged. More on the clitoral network later. I rely on my clitoris for orgasm, which apparently is how a lot of women climax. I'm a bit embarrassed that I have remained so wedded to what works and haven't explored other options, but I suspect I'm not alone, and I'm not sure why I'm allowing myself to feel embarrassed, but there you go. Recently, my orgasms have been a relatively quick release, a lovely warm burst of pleasure. They are very centralised around my vagina, however, unlike before children, when sometimes I felt almost my whole body was involved in an orgasm. I've only ever been able to orgasm during penetrative sex when I am on top. Because of the way my sexual zone is laid out, being on top enables me to stimulate my clitoris whilst having sex. As pleasure time has decreased dramatically, H and I have just relied upon that, knowing that it will work. Just like all fingerprints are unique, so are all women's sexual zones. Again, more on that later. H and I were excited to shake it up and focus on the G-spot. And when we met in our bed at 7.30pm that Saturday night, there was a sense of openness and commitment that I found refreshing and energising. In recent years, our sex life has had to operate under the weight of expectations. Being parents of young children, sex has simply not been a priority. So when we have carved out the time to make love, well, it is a big deal. And of course, it doesn't always go to plan. H seems to remain relaxed regardless, Whereas historically, I've brought big expectations into the bedroom with me, wanting each encounter to blow our minds and bring us closer together. Although I still think it's important to strive for great sex, I now also think it's important to allow myself and H to be human. Over time, with his help, I've learnt to relax and we're both much happier as a result. I knew that for me to experience anything different, I needed to be super relaxed. I explained to H that in the West, we often approach sex in a goal-orientated way, with everything focusing on the climax. 
whereas in other cultures, value is placed on the whole experience and foreplay is considered central to sex and definitely not just a nice to have. I have learnt a great deal more than this through my research but decided to feed in a small, digestible change to start with. H took that on board and I was delighted and surprised by what a difference it made. It wasn't that he was rushing me before, it's just that knowing he wasn't in a rush, that we had agreed there was no rush, made a huge difference to me. G-spot or no G-spot, it was such a wonderful feeling to know that we were going to take as long as we needed. Before we talked about it, I must have subconsciously worried about his needs and getting him over the finish line. When H hit my G-spot, it was obvious to both of us. It felt great, really great. But no sooner than he found it, I got impatient and initiated penetrative sex. I don't think I allowed him more than a minute. This surprised both of us, particularly me. I came to the following two conclusions as to why I reacted this way. Firstly, I was incredibly turned on and I think this hurry up, get to the gold culture is as much in me as it is in H. But unlike H, I hadn't prepared for it. I thought because we would be focusing on me and my pleasure, I wouldn't want to hurry up. But it seems I need to challenge my conditioning as much as the next person. Secondly... I think I was nervous. Would I know what to do or how to do it? Would I get it right? It was intensely pleasurable. I now know where it is, but having found it, I wanted more. So I gave it a go on my own. It took around 40 minutes. I lay on my back and took three deep, slow breaths, breathing right down into my tummy and exhaling for as long as I could. I wanted to shake off the day and my current thoughts, giving myself the best possible chance for success. I smiled to myself. I always find a cheeky smile helps me to be more relaxed and open-minded, and I was also genuinely excited about the prospect of finding a new toy. I spent some time orbiting my clitoris and then playing with it directly, loosening up, getting in the mood, creating some lubrication. There are a mind-boggling number of lubricants on the market these days, so if you're concerned about dryness, please don't be put off. Go internet shopping. Something I plan to do. Then, when I felt ready, I slid down and with my middle finger, which is my longest finger, I entered my vagina. It felt warm and welcoming. I pushed up so that my whole finger was inside with my palm facing upwards, away from my body. I used the tip of my finger, tip and fingerprint pad, to feel around my anterior wall. No sudden movements, just gently exploring to see if anywhere felt pleasurable. Remember, it isn't really a spot that you're looking for. You're exploring the whole zone. For me, it was at exactly 12 o'clock right up inside my vagina that felt special. At times I wish my finger were longer because I think it was sensitive above where I could reach. Once I found this spot, I stroked it and then I used my finger to pulse as though gently pressing delete many, many times on a keyboard. I kept a consistent rhythm until I needed to speed up and then I did. And when I felt the need, I took my finger out and spent short bursts of time with my clitoris. 
My mind went blank. A huge achievement. And I just went with it. I followed my instinct. I was lucky. It was a rare moment to myself with no time pressures. I was glad no one else was in the house because I made quite a lot of noise. I was going quite quickly towards the end, with more vigorous strokes. The sensations were like waves of pleasure which built, and then suddenly it felt like my vagina had opened up. It didn't feel as snug as before, and then it was over. Not in an explosive way, but more like the silence after an amazing night dancing to your favourite tunes. And what was left behind was an incredible feeling of having let go. It was a deep feeling, by which I mean I felt it at a fundamental level. A feeling of relief and release. I was lighter, and there was this extraordinary sense of balance. Beautiful, light, joyous balance. As the day went on, I noticed how connected I was to my emotions. Connected, but not overwhelmed by them. I dealt with people and situations that beforehand would have made me stressed with a calm authenticity. I was able to communicate negative feelings without an explosion or having to push them down inside me. I felt strong and powerful in a rooted way. I felt wonderfully feminine. Many sex educators therapists and sexual well-being experts strongly recommend that we spend more time getting to know our vaginas. So as part of my preparation for this G-spot challenge, I got out a mirror and had a look. I've done it many times before, and every time I grin to myself as I try and find the right angle, it's all legs and shadows. I didn't study biology at school, and I've loved getting better acquainted with my body. A quick introduction or recap. The vagina is the canal that a baby comes out of. The vulva is our external genitalia, protected by the double door of the labia minora and labia majora, and the mons is the area where our pubic hair grows. So the vulva includes the opening to the vagina, clitoris head and hood, and urethra, which we pee out of. When a group of women in the UK were asked what their vulva was, only 55% knew the answer. So if you don't know this stuff, you're absolutely not alone. It just goes to show how little emphasis, energy and time the topic has been given in our Western patriarchal society. Over time, the clitoris has literally been lost and found by anatomists. I was totally blown away by diagrams of the clitoral complex, which most recently resurfaced in medical literature in 1998, according to the brilliant ladies at Furley, an app which you must download immediately. It turns out that the clitoris is in fact much bigger than just the hood and head at the top of our vulvas. The entire clitoris includes a vast range of internal tissue that, like the penis, can become erect and that extends all the way down to the vaginal opening. It goes three to five inches deep inside of us. Many sex experts believe that the G-spot is part of the clitoris. Before this most recent inspection, when I was feeling brave and ready, I looked at my vagina after the birth of my children. With my daughter, now aged five, I had an episiotomy, a surgical cut at the opening of the vagina to aid birth, and some tearing. I can't remember to what degree, so it can't have been that bad. 
It took me a long time to work out what must have happened. To be honest, I'm still not sure I understand why my vagina now looks the way that it does. But suffice to say, it looks different. So different that I cried when I first saw it. In my mind, it looked like a beaten up version of what had been there, which I guess is true. It has taken a while for me to see it as beautiful again. After my son, it didn't change so much, but seemed to darken. An unexpected development, perhaps just the light. I do find it hard to get a good position with that mirror. I recently read something about episiotomies that made me even more determined to make 12 happen. An episiotomy is the cutting of the perineum, the area between your vagina and anus. According to the amazing Naomi Wolf, who I quoted in my introductory episode and no doubt will continue to reference throughout, this area is the origin for an entire and distinct sexual network. And yet, when doctors in the West routinely, and Naomi argues often unnecessarily, perform this procedure, women are hardly ever told beforehand that it will sever a whole sexual nerve system. Nope. No one mentioned that one to me. It was only when I read this that I admitted to myself that sex has felt different since having my daughter. It's simply that I'm not as sensitive, like I'm not firing on all cylinders. I also learnt about the sensory nerve input to the spinal cord and brain from a woman's genital and pelvic region, including the G-spot, cervix and the vagina. Our minds are connected to multiple parts of our sexual anatomy. This is big news, with lots and lots of implications and revelations about women's relationship with their vaginas and the impact of our sexual experiences on our state of mind. Like the point I raised in the previous episode about the psychological impact of bad sex on women. And unsurprisingly, no one woman is created the same way, which will explain why, in scientific terms, what sends one woman to the moon and back does absolutely nothing for another. We are unique in how our female erotic area is laid out, and this impacts on what we find pleasurable and what we don't. It's complex, fascinating stuff that we'll be talking about more in episodes to come. But it leads me on to a really important point. What I have shared is what happened for me. My body is completely different to the next person's. I anticipate some of the 12 working for me and others leaving me cold. It might be that you try and find your G-spot and find absolutely nothing. You might find the A-spot is the place for you to hang out, whilst I might still be looking for it in years to come. Please don't put any pressure on yourself. Emily Nogoski puts it beautifully in her book Come As You Are, when she writes, Variety may be the one and only truly universal characteristic of human sexuality. From our bodies to our desires to our behaviours, there are as many sexualities as there are humans alive on this earth. No two are alike. There is no wrong and right here, people. I can't stress that enough. When I was at a party in my 20s, one of the guests I knew shared that she had been to see a healer who had given her a vaginal massage, ending in her having an orgasm. The healer explained that trauma can build up inside a woman creating layers, like an onion, and that this kind of massage would help her to let go of past wounds and pain. The focus for the massage seemed to be the G-spot. 
Another friend, who was listening, had a strong reaction to this. She was alarmed and concerned that this woman had been taken advantage of. I wasn't so sure. The way the story was shared suggested that the experience had been a positive one and there was even talk of her going back to see him again. Yes, it was a man. As many of you will know, this kind of work is also referred to as a yoni massage, an ancient Indian tantric practice. This practice hit the UK mainstream in the last five years with articles in various magazines and newspapers. I wish I was brave enough to visit an expert and get healed, but I'm not ready for that. That being having a stranger massage my vagina. What I am ready for, however, is working on connecting to my spirituality through my sexuality. It makes total sense to me, following the experience I described, that the G-spot is seen in spiritual terms. Interestingly, so much of what modern science is discovering about female sexuality, the Han Dynasty of China and the Tantrists of India knew thousands of years ago. In time, I suspect it will be worth dedicating a whole podcast series to the G-spot. So come on, ladies, give it a go. What can you possibly lose? And my goodness, if you find that spot, well, I can tell you, it's a thousand times better than streaming the latest series. Next episode, we're sticking with the spots, and it's the U-spot. Follow and connect via Instagram at 12 Pleasure. Thanks for listening.